0: Welcome back to another episode of Football Chance and Rants with the Plants. We're Dad and Daughter podcast, talking lots and lots of things about football with me, Lauren.
1: And me, Graham.
0: And today, it's been another busy weekend of football. We had internationals last weekend, so Premier League and Championship wasn't going ahead. So we've had a lot going on. Not quite as many goals as there has been in the previous weeks but still a lot of controversial things to talk about. So in the podcast, we go through all the different leagues, Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, and then as well as having some rants in the middle of it and some raves as well. I'm also going to have a Barnet of the Week each. Um, To start off with, I'll look at the Premier League. And I suppose the first match that everyone's been talking about this weekend was obviously the big Merseyside derby. Everton to Liverpool too. To be fair, Dad, you did say it was going to be a draw.
1: Yeah, it was a good draw as well, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, you said you called it. You said it would be a draw, but you did say nil nil. Well, I did say 0-0. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Liverpool still unbeaten in twenty-three meetings versus Everton in all competitions, which is kind of ridiculous. So, I think um, Evertonians would have thought this was their perfect opportunity to to win against Liverpool sadly, it wasn't to be, but it still will give Everton a lot of confidence and they're still unbeaten this season. And I suppose seeing them on the pitch play against each other, former champions against currently top of the league, what are you thinking? Still think Everton have got in, in for a shout?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, they've got a shout. We talked about Leicester last week and, you know, they could do a Leicester, as I say, but Liverpool have still got a strong squad, although they could have lost um, Van Dijk yesterday. Possibly. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'll be talking about that a little bit later, but it's their same potentially crucial ligaments by the time this actually comes out they probably will have uh, announced how long it's going to be out for but they're thinking I, I saw something about eight months maybe the whole season wow which is crazy so that was one match obviously worth looking at then another high scoring match six goals chelsea three southampton three chelsea twice relinquished a lead to, to draw after a dramatic injury time equalizer by vestergaard And once again, Lampard will be pulling his hair out with individual errors from the back, which is just how Chelsea have been at the moment. But on the other hand, you've got Werner and um, Havertz on the score sheet. I think that's both their first Premier League goals. Um, Werner looks decent, doesn't he?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a good player, actually.
0: Um, So I think very much exciting going forward. But... They will be very concerned about defensively at the back, but we were talking earlier. We reckon about top ten finish with Southampton.
1: Yeah, I thought was playing some good football. They're a very well organised team.
0: Yeah, they seem to have got the system nailed down. Really, Danny Ings and Shea Adams up front seem to be a bit of a handful, and then people like Ward prowse and uh,
1: Walcott looked good in his first game. Back. Yeah, that's true. Actually, he really good. Yeah,
0: where did he come from?
1: Uh, us, uh, Everton. Oh of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah
0: Everton. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting as well. And then on Sunday, the drama just continued really because we had Spurs who are 3-0 up against West Ham. You're thinking they're cruising with 10 minutes left. Bale comes on. He kind of takes all the attention. And then what would you know? Uh, West Ham come back and it's 3-3. Ridiculous scenes. And it was an absolute cracker of a winner from Lanzini to win it in the 94th uh, minute. So Spurs, I guess, just maybe switched off and just didn't have it quite at the end of the match. But that was a fantastic match to watch. And then also, the other big upset that you could say really was a Leicester nil, Aston Villa won another late minute goal. But this time it was from Ross Barkley in the 91st minute winner. So obviously, he's joined them from loan and it's been impressive. the West Midlands clubs with his goal uh, second in as many games so um, yeah uh, now it's very interesting that Villa are the only team left in the top four divisions yet to lose in the uh, unbeaten start so a fantastic time for Villa fans but yeah it was a it was a very dramatic Sunday which isn't really unusual these days but that was the roundup from the Premier League
1: So yeah, the championship, uh, interesting day, yesterday. So 10 matches, uh, not exactly lots of goals, 20 goals, so just two, average two per match. Seven away wins, only one home win out of 10 matches, oh, which wow, is okay. uh, quite interesting. So I've got two 1-0 away wins that I'm talking through. The first one is Forrest, who um, had a really tough start to the season, but as always, or always seems to be the case, appointing a new manager seems to turn things around. One 1-0 at Blackburn, it was uh, a bit of a, Bit of a scrappy goal, but you kind of just thought they'd do that. 90th minute, lolly. So Blackburn, to a bit of a strange start. 11 goals in three games, no goals in two games. But Forrest, yeah, you've got to think that he's had he a year out of management, did a brilliant job at Brighton, to be fair. Uh, had four or five good years there, did really well. I'm sure he's been offered a couple of jobs in between, but he's hung around and probably thinks that Forrest is a good team to... Uh, have a good few years with so good luck to him so well done Chris Hewton. welcome back and a good win then the second one is Sheffield Wednesday a 1-0 win at Birmingham Birmingham were undefeated uh, and it was a Barry Bannon 49th minute penalty that won it for Sheffield Wednesday Gary Monk manager going back to his old stomping ground Birmingham so a great win for him and of course Sheffield Wednesday started on minus 12 points no point trying to explain why but they started on minus 12 so now on minus 4 And if they hadn't had the minus 12 points, they'd be in eighth position. (laughs) So, yeah, so a really good start for Sheffield Wednesday. You'd have probably bet on them to go down if they started with minus 12. But you know what, if they can keep going, they might get in the playoffs. And how brilliant would that be if they could do that? So uh, good luck, Sheffield Wednesday, and a good win for them at Birmingham.
0: Right, time for some rants. I feel like mine's a bit predictable, but it's kind of got to be mentioned because everyone across the whole country, football pundits, seem to be ranting about it. So I mentioned the Merseyside derby, it had a bit of everything, it had VAR, it had red card, and I suppose what I was going to talk about and re-mention is the fact that Jordan Pickford, his tackle on Van Dijk. When we watched it live, I think we were both baffled at the fact that he didn't get a card even though it was offside and things like that. And more baffled at the fact that I did actually put a bet on him getting a card, which is a joke, like absolute joke. But anyway, so um, it's quite interesting that the Derby has seen more red cards given than any other game since the creation of the Premier League, 22 red cards. So my question to you, Dad, is uh, obviously Richarlison got a red card, and rightly so, but Pickford... Red card or not?
1: Uh, I think my only thought is it was in the heat of the moment. And you look at the Chelsea match, I've seen that their keeper's been criticised for not. You know, he had a 50-50 opportunity and sort of didn't go in. So I think it's seconds, you know, it's that you've got to make a split decision. Goalkeeper got to dominate his box. I think he had to go for it. It was a bit rash Maybe a yellow card, but I think I'd I'd feel a little bit aggrieved if I was him. The first thing he did was make sure that Van Dyke was all right. So it wasn't. Malicious. You know, no, it was just a bit, a bit awkward, but I think he had to go for it. You would have been criticised if he'd let Van Dyke score. So.
0: Yeah, but maybe he should have gone... He, it's the way he liked it, almost like a scissor kick action. Yeah, it looked uh, awful,
1: but uh, I'm not sure it was deliberate. It's hard to tell, really, isn't it?
0: Also, do you think there's a couple of influencing factors, I think, that could have changed it? Are refs reluctant to give out cards early on in the match? I think it was in the first 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, I imagine they are, yeah, I'm sure. They Which are, I think is um, ridiculous. Big effect on the match if the goalie gets sent off as well.
0: And had a crowd have been in there... Actually saying it would have been at Goodison Park. Would that have influenced it at all? Uh,
1: probably, yeah. I suppose the rest would be influenced by the, by, uh, the crowd, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was mention there's been 22 red cards in the Merseyside Derby. So I thought I'd mention some famous sending-offs in the Derby. You might remember some of these. In 2005, you have Phil Neville and Arteta both got sent off for Everton. That's when they lost 3-1 at Goodison. And then in two thousand six, I think I remember this one, Gerard, eighteen minutes he got sent off for two quick yellows. And again, uh, Liverpool won that one three ones, so it didn't make much of a difference. And then also evton did have a sending off of Vandermead and seventy third minute. Um interesting that there's more red cards in that one than there is manu Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, yeah, I guess it's Merseyside Derby. The, the all Fierce. those derbies are likely to be.
0: Yeah, so uh, that was my rant about Jordan Pickford tackle. I personally think it should have. I mean, we think we both agreed it should have been a card of some sort there and then, but yeah.
1: Uh, I've got a couple first ones in the same match, actually, so my rant is about uh, defending again. So, as an ex defender, to see uh, Andrew Robertson's pathetic attempt (laughs) to, well, not even an attempt to stop Calvert Lewin scoring, it was. I mean, he's got, you know, when you go on to the fantasy football thing and you pick your players, I'm sure it says defender next to him. Yeah, he is, uh, yeah. When yeah. You, anything, you know, when he signs his name, Andrew Robertson, defender. But, uh, you know, you need to defend. And it's yeah. an absolute basic of defence. You know, you, if the ball's coming over into the box from across, you watch your man, you jump with him, you do your best to put him off. Uh, what you don't do is stand there, duck, and hope that they don't score <laughs> or whatever happened. So I just think a brilliant offensive player, absolutely fantastic, almost world-class going forward, but shambolic, some of that defending. So, and that's, that seems to be the case for a lot of people with the word defender after the title, just some some really poor defensive errors, followed by some brilliant forward runs and brilliant free kicks, but... If you're a defender, you've got to learn how to defend. So that's my rant. The other one is only quickly, really, uh, just reading some stuff in the Sunday Times uh, business section today. Oh. Very interesting that uh, just talks about the revenues in football split between uh, match day revenue, commercial, and broadcasting. Uh, match yeah. day revenue is tiny, a tiny part of what the revenue at football clubs, uh, even smaller than you'd ever expect. Commercial is uh, the next one. Uh, but bro- broadcasting is the lion's share of the earnings and just feels like that's a sort of, well, that how sustainable that is. I'm sure it's totally, well, it would have been totally the opposite pre-telly because the matchday revenue would have been everything.
0: Yeah.
1: But now it's the least important thing in terms of finances. So all a bit skewery, really, but just a bit strange, not a ramp, just a just a. Is that across problem. just the Premier League? Well, I'm it? not sure. Uh, it'll change as you go through the leagues. I imagine, well, it will, won't it? I think as you go to the leagues, probably things like cup runs and stuff like that is quite important for the lower league teams. Yeah. But sort of for the Premier League, that's a real interesting stat that uh, just how important broadcast is and just how less important the revenue from the the fans is uh, and of course the fans are the most important but anyway there you go
0: going back to the Andy Robertson thing do you reckon that's just like lack of practice because you know when you see players warm up you see like the center backs doing like the headers and then pushing out people like Alexander Arnold and and Robertson do you reckon maybe they just don't practice defensively headering as much as whipping the ball in like they do day to day
1: I don't know. I mean, they should do. Why wouldn't you? You know, you've nothing else to worry about other than (laughs) you you know your all-round game. But it's just a bit strange.
0: Uh, Right, League One. I've got a couple of teams that have been struggling but got some important wins over the weekend to mention. So MK Dons 2, Gillingham 0. MK Dons ended their winless start to the season thanks to goals from Cameron Jerome and Carlton Morris. So that takes them out of the bottom four for the first time by one point. And it ends Gillingham's run of four games without a loss. So really important points for MK Dons. Again, really important points for Charlton. They won 1-0 against Wigan. A bit of a cagey affair, actually. Um, Charlton had a bit of an up-and-down start to the season. They won before the match. They'd won one, lost two, drawn one. Um, so a 65th-minute goal from Forster-Kaski was enough to sc- secure the three points. And then I had to mention Ipswich again, 2 0 against Accrington Stanley. So they've still maintained that unbeaten uh, start to the season. Fifth goal of the season from inform Guion Edwards. I mentioned him last week, and he's still again on the score sheet. And they remain top on sixteen points, closely followed by Hull on fifteen points. So again, another win and uh, an important clean sheet. It's interesting. There wasn't many goals this week, was there?
1: No, not really across no. the whole
0: board. So um, those were three matches I picked that again were all wins, but um, again clean sheets.
1: So the uh, into League Two and um, a local derby, Bolton versus Oldham. Again, uh, crowds permitted. That would have been a good, uh, good, decent crowd and a good atmosphere, I'm sure. But anyway. Oldham uh, bottom of the table going into the match 1-2-1 one, one. late goal 95th minute Durnley uh, manager Harry Kewell, ex-leeds player good player actually Australian so that's brilliant for him two games undefeated uh, and off the bottom of the table with a fantastic two and win at Bolton Bolton lost four out of six 20th in the table absolute favourites to go up as he keeps saying every week so um, Everett the manager is going to be coming under some pressure there soon if you don't get some wins so but a brilliant local derby win for Oldham, 2 1. Next one, top of the table, Cambridge. Or they were top of the table after, certainly. Beat F- Scunthorpe 5 0 away. It included two penalties from Mullen. What a brilliant uh, win for Cambridge. Scunthorpe struggling. They've lost four out of six. And a minus 10 is their goal difference uh, so early in the season. It's the second worst in all divisions, actually. Beaten, only, beaten only by Wickham. Oh, God. God bless Wickham. Beaten only by Wickham. So yes, Scunthorpe nil and Cambridge top of the table,
0: five. Okay, time for a rave. So uh, this week, I thought it's worth mentioning Man United for their overall team performance. Look, last couple of weekends ago, they lost 6-1 to Spurs. Obviously, Maguire's had a torrid time. There's been a lot about them in the press and it's just been a really weird start for Man U. But it was a great team comeback after going down 1-0 after just two minutes. Goals from across the board, I thought that's what most impressive. It wasn't just like a couple people you could highlight. Uh, Maguire, obviously, got on the score sheet, which would give him plenty of confidence since that midweek sending off. Fernandez missed a penalty, but then he scored. wan that was his first goal for Man U, actually. And Rashford. So I think what's encouraging is to see goals from the defence, goals from your centre forward and goals from your midfield Um, so overall just a really good team performance they look positive I think putting Pogba on the bench was a right decision from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and very interestingly he put in Juan Mata who hadn't played at all this season and then he suddenly came in did 90 minutes got an assist and he seemed to dominate the middle of the park I know it was against Newcastle but I don't want to take anything away from the fact that I thought Manu played pretty well. And did they have to pay 15 quid for that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. Pretty, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. yeah, so um, it, that was actually a match, unlike last, whenever it was against Spurs, that was a match that probably was worth paying a bit of money to see. But I thought overall Manu looked pretty good. And they need to go on from this and try and actually get some back to back wins and um, things like that. So, yeah, still, still got issues across the board. But overall, I thought a good team performance from Manu.
1: So, uh, my rave is back to my rant, actually. So, as much as Andrew Robertson was um, not particularly good defending against Calvert-Lewin, Calvert-Lewin was outstanding in terms of his aerial threat. Unplayable was, I think, the words that they used on Match of the Day when they summarised. So, when it was unplayable, but at least he could have tried to play against it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's transformed over the uh, close-down period. And I wonder if Duncan Ferguson... Uh, Everton's number two, whatever he is, has been giving him some proper coaching because he's he is like a changed player and that aerial threat is so rare these days to see centre-forwards with that real sort of um, being able to jump so high, such good Ronaldo-esque timing. Ronaldo-esque almost, isn't it? Ronaldo-esque, yeah, yeah. but br- absolutely brilliant. So um, I think well done to Lewin and well done probably to Duncan Ferguson for giving him that... Uh, Coaching and support to be able to get him to do that, but um,
0: helps. He's got some fantastic signings now that are distributing the ball, like Richarlison and um, Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, no, so I, and I could. It's difficult to name that many centre forwards who we've got. That sort of, you know, you look at Aguero, mm. um, scored lots of goals with his feet, very good, nippy. You know, so actual tall centre forwards who can jump and dominate. Boxes like that will, will, will frighten a lot of defences to death, I would imagine. So, well done, Calvert-Lewin.
0: Barn of the Week. Mine's uh, mine's not fantastic, but I don't know, it just stood out a little bit. I've gone for, obviously, we had a lot of interest in the Merseyside derby. And he got on the score sheet, actually. Michael Keane in defence really bog standard but when he did it in an interview i noticed that he had a bit of like a cow's lick going on and thought he looked very uh prim and proper and just keeping his hair neat and tidy and not trying to do too much with it and being silly with it and yeah so it just stood out it was quite a nice barnet for me michael keen
1: cow's lick i'm actually oh god lick yeah you have to point, grow it yeah. for a while yeah I've, <laughs> I've gone i think you've gone for him before I so actually ben chilwell who I think that oh, okay. in his Chelsea new. I think he's he's really upped his game, moving to London and really got him with a trendy set. Yeah. With his slick back. I mean, if it that, is gelled, oh, isn't it? Well, I thought if he heads it, it might get stuck because yeah. it's that there's that much on there. But uh, no, he's uh, he's slick back. Yeah, part yeah. of the London trendy set.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Actually, a lot of the Chelsea players seem to be going for that like kind of slick back look. Right, ones to watch. I'll do Premier League and then I think you're doing Championship and I'll do League 1 and then you do League 2. So I've gone for it again. Traditional Premier League, pretty much easy to say this is one to watch. Next Saturday, 5.30pm, Man U versus Chelsea. So last time they played was actually 3-1 to Chelsea in the FA Cup in July. But then last season, kind of forgot about this, in the Premier League, Man U won both fixtures against Chelsea last season 2 0 and 4 nil, So I think it'll be very, very interesting this one. And noticeably, people, you've got Matic and Matter both playing for Manu against their old clubs and Chelsea. So I can see, especially Matter with the form that he's got, maybe causing a bit of an upset. Oh, I don't know. I think it's very easy to say a draw for Manu Chelsea, but. I couldn't call it, I think, I hope it's going to be a lot of goals, both teams, that's the thing, you could say both teams are scoring lots, but also conceding a fair few as well, so that's definitely one of my ones to watch, and you got some championship ones, eh?
1: Uh, yeah, a couple, to so Reading, Wickham, so yeah, Reading, as I said before, unbeaten, doing really, really well, Wickham, no points, minus 11, worst goal difference in the league, so Cricy. it's one to watch because hopefully Wickham might get something out of it, good luck to them. Uh, but it's also one to watch Good Red and might batter them if they're not careful. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting one. And then that's a midweek match. Uh full midweek programme for the championship this week and then the Saturday match. Uh Watford Bournemouth, that's an interesting one. Watford, of course, both those teams relegated, both wanting to go straight back up naturally. Fifth and third respectively, so they're doing okay. So I think Watford, Bournemouth, that'll be really interesting.
0: And then League One, there's some midweek matches. I've just gone for one midweek match on Tuesday, six thirty PM. Um, I've gone for Gillingham versus Portsmouth. Both have had kind of similar starts the seasons, a couple of wins, a couple of losses. But both teams, interestingly, lost their matches over the weekend. So I thought two teams that will both be wanting to get back into winning ways. So, yeah, Gillingham, Portsmouth was my one from League One.
1: Uh, I've got a couple, which is uh, Barrow, Bolton, naturally. So Ian Everett, the manager who jumped from Barrow to Bolton, had a really tough start, and Barrow equally have had a really tough start. Well, that'll c- be interesting, that yeah, one. Well, David Dunn will still be uh, unable to yeah, be there because he's, he's COVID. So, yeah. um, I mean, who knows what will happen with that one. And then Colchester, uh, Forest Green Rovers. So Colchester have only lost one, Forest Green, uh, one of two unbeaten teams in League Two. So doing pretty well. So that'll be interesting as well.
0: Right, that's it for this week. We've gone through... All the top four divisions, there's been a lot of drama this week. Again, VIA causing some controversy. And uh, no doubt, there'll probably still be some more VIA controversy. But we'll be back with some more football chants and rants with the plants next week.